0: Tonight at the uh, Clifton Center, it's going to be Louisville's own Brooks Ritter and Adia Victoria, who is joining me in the studio. Welcome to Louisville.
1: Hi, thank you.
0: It's great to have you here. We've been a big fan of this record. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, we got that out of the way. It's, it's going for you. I did want to make sure i be on the Bloodhounds you always have that feeling that you're going to say that wrong in front of the artist so <laughs> I'm glad I got that part right too. And that's too. good
1: to hear instead of sitting down and someone being like I hate your album. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay.
0: I mean honestly, have you ever had that happen Has anyone said that? N-
1: uh no, no one said it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a Not reason person.
0: because it's a good record.
1: Oh. Yeah. good. <laughs>
0: no, we, we are big fans of it and uh I mean, I, I I would say you're new to us and I guess you're sort of new to everyone. Like this is the first record, right? There was no like demo EP or anything before this that I know of?
1: There was a, a small EP that I self-released last uh, January called the Sea of Sand EP, uh-huh. and it just had a few initial mixes of three of the songs from the album, but that was my first foray into the music world, so I am brand new to most people I meet.
0: Yeah, and and this ended up on a major, right? I mean, you're, you're on Atlantic Record. Was it that EP that helped you sort of get to that point?
1: Yeah, well, I think what happened more so than the EP was the, the live show... I've been doing touring now for about two years straight, and one of their A&R uh, execs came out to our show in, in D.C., mm-hmm. and she saw us play. And then literally, like, three weeks later, I had the first draft of a, a contract offer.
0: That's amazing. I mean, I'm sure you're aware of that, like, that, how rare that happens with a brand new artist who's just kind of getting started out there because, you know, I mean, people, you know, fight for that and to, just to have that moment. It says so much. Uh, one, again, about the strength of your songs and two, uh, what people have been, you know, saying when they see you live because those reviews aren't too bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm definitely, I'm feeling very blessed. It's been a crazy year. My life has changed quite a bit, but I think I'm still trying to piece it all together and it's kind of hard to get a perspective on it when you live in a van. Right. Um, So, but no, everything's just kind of taken off at warp speed. And I, am fortunate that I work with an incredible team of people who really believe in my vision as an artist.
0: Yeah. And and I mean, how has that been for you then for that to take off so quickly and almost, you know, from what it sounds like unexpectedly for you, I mean, is the transition been easy to this sort of life on the road thing and, you know, playing in front of strangers every night?
1: Um, well, I mean, it's, I'd say it's more curious than easy or hard. Um, It's just a completely different lifestyle. I guess everyone has an idea of what it will be like before you, until you actually do it. Um, I don't know. I, I think the coolest part is kind of, this kind of hyper familiarity that I have with my music now and my musicians that I, I work with, like we're just so in sync with each other. And I don't think it would have happened any other way other than playing a show almost every single night. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this this album has taken me places where I never thought that I would I would ever reach. Like I just got back from Reykjavik last week. And that's <laughs> insane to me. Right. But. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to adjust. I finally get a few months uh, to recollect and kind of digest everything that's happened to me in the past two years. So I'm going to go home and... Start working on the second album
0: already. Yes. Well, I'm sure you got plenty to, to, to write about. I got lots <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> lots of sound
1: guys. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's one of the things because you know your album is so much. Uh, I mean, there is a there is a mood on it and a you know, feeling, but a lot of it comes back to those lyrics. And and I guess I read that's sort of where you started. You started more as a, a poet than a songwriter. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Like, wh- how, where did that knack come from? How did you pick up sort of the uh, the talent of poetry?
1: I think it was just something that I was born with. I've always been an avid reader. My grandmother put that into me as a child. Um, she took me to the library, and I would spend all my free time there. And I was rather shy as a kid. I, I didn't really talk much, so I was always involved in this like inner world of my of my own making. And books were a huge part of that. And so I guess it was just a natural progression to go from reading words and stories to you know wanting to create your own story and and that's where I felt empowered as a little girl was writing my life through these characters and poetry was a part of that as well
0: yeah and, and did you find it like any kind of a challenge to put that in song form like now you've got to have a chorus now or whatever there's a hook or something because it's I, I don't know it's, it's always seemed like it is different like poetry you can get away with a bit more free form than it seems like what's essentially a pop song right yeah
1: I mean I guess with music i knew what i liked to listen to Mm. i knew what i thought sounded good so that was kind of my my guide for music at the when i began playing the guitar when i was 21 i was listening to a lot of blues and so that was kind of my my guideline for what i wanted to sound like and what i wanted these stories to be like but then i also loved artists like fiona apple and like portishead and you know i like the mood of of uh, their music and that's kind of what I wanted to instill in mine was just like this heavy kind of moodiness mm-hmm.
0: and yeah. it's there it's drenched in it and it's beautiful it's a beautiful record in fact we should probably play a track right now let's uh, I know you we've been playing stuck in the south and dead Eyes" quite a bit but you've just released a, a video for horrible weather right yes I yeah. did so what's what's the story uh, behind that one
1: um well I wanted to just release a very simple kind of um, story about North Nashville, where my family lives, where I lived for the first six years in Nashville with my mom. And it's an area that's historically black. Uh, Fisk University's there, TSU. But it's um, it's going under a lot of like rapid uh, redevelopment and gentrification. And, and every time I come home, there's just new condos. And I was like, wait a minute. I need to preserve this. I need to commit this area to a project because it's going to be gone soon. Yeah. So I kind of want to just... S- Shine a light on North Nashville as I know it. Nashville as I experience it. Right.
0: Yeah. And you can see the video online. Um, just on your website, all those places. Talking with the Dia Victoria here on 919 WFPK's playing WFPK's Winter Wednesday tonight at the Clifton Center. We'll talk some more in just a few moments. From the record Beyond the Bloodhounds, it's horrible weather on FPK.
1: I ain't seen no sign of light for weeks. That's how it feels weather. It ties me together to you. It ties me to you.
0: Adia Victoria, from the record Beyond the Bloodhounds, that is Horrible Weather, with its uh, brand new music video that you can see online right now, too. And Adia's uh, with me here on 91.9 WFPK. She's playing WFPK's Winter Wednesday tonight at the Clifton Center with Brooks Ritter. And again, those details as well at WFPK.org. Uh, Adia, you were talking about uh, new music and everything and already getting writing on the next record, but uh, there was a track that just came out a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm um called uh, Backward Blues. Now that was for the uh, 30 day uh, 30 songs 30 days 30 days 30 songs. Yeah. That Dave Eggers was a part of. How did you get involved with that?
1: Um my label sent me an email. They're like this this is the project. Would you be interested and in, and in submit song? And at first I was like, "Ugh. No, I don't want to sit and think about Trump and write a song. Like, God, no, I might turn orange. But but then I thought about it and and just like what I was what I was feeling, because it's inevitable like it was an inevitable feeling. There was no getting away from him mm-hmm. during the campaign. And I woke up in the middle of the the night, I think it was like at three thirty, and I just felt compelled to write this song. I was like what am, what am I feeling right now? Like what have you seen? Like what's going on? And I just recounted what it felt like driving around the country right now on tour like going through places like Iowa and uh Missouri and every single place I went was Trump country. Yeah. It was just a sea of just like signs, Trump signs and that's kind of when I started thinking I think this might happen. I I really think that he's speaking to these people and and then the song just came out of me.
0: Yeah. When you're out there like that and knowing that your crowd might be different politically minded than you in these places and everything, it's not like a lot of the songs on here on your uh, debut album are overtly political, but, you know, there are plenty of it that speaks to certain sides. I mean, does that ever register you register to you when you're when you're singing that out there and wondering how it's connecting?
1: Um, Well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always aware of, like, who my audience is, but I, I really can't allow that to shape what I do and what songs I do. Like we just got back from uh, a festival in Dallas and I gave a shout out to the people protesting in the streets right now and you know Black Lives Matter and we lost like half the people watching our show. They just walked they out. Just wa- yeah, it was an outdoor festival and they like shouted some things at me and they just walked away and I was just like, well, <laughs> Don't forget to pick out one of my <laughs> albums at the merch <laughs> table. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely, it runs over my mind and I, I feel differently when I'm performing these songs, like say, at home in the South than I do somewhere far away because these songs are mostly about the South, like my experiences growing up in the South. So sometimes it can kind of feel like you're telling on someone or like revealing like a deep family secret when I'm performing in the South with people that have like experiences because they're just like, yep, I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. And you've talked about these lyrics kind of being your story in a sense, your diary. I mean, you're, it's an open book. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is the, what my diary says, mm-hmm. basically. Absolutely. And you're putting that out there like that. I mean, that's
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: vulnerable. I don't know the word I'm looking for.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's vulnerable, foolhardy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, because like I mentioned, I, I'd been so quiet as a kid and so, Inside of my own head, where I think it kind of isolated me, where I was like, maybe there's no one else like me. Like, maybe I'm some sort of freak that feels this way. But it wasn't until I went out into the road and I started playing these songs for a predominantly white crowd Mm -hmm. um, that I realized a lot of people feel this way, and which led me to believe that the human experience, like, is very, it's very, I'll say, specific. And then we have all these things created by society that tell us how different we are and how disconnected we are. But inherently, I feel like human beings are very much connected to each other.
0: Right. Yeah. I'd like to hope so.
1: uh, Please. (laughs) Hope for the future, right? (laughs) Exactly.
0: Have any of these, uh, you know, the intensity of any of these lyrics or songs changed for you post-election, you know, from what they might have meant beforehand and possibly how they feel afterwards? Have you noticed any of that?
1: Not really. I feel like as a black person... Um I'm not as shocked that he won. I'm not I'm not that shocked. And so my songs really I don't really sing them with a more, you know, intensity now, like, ah, oh, it's just like, yeah, I mean it it sucked before for my people and it, it's gonna suck afterwards too. So I I really didn't have any sort of um blinders on when it came to America. I was just like, America's gonna do what America's <laughs> gonna do and this is what they're gonna do. So that's helped me in a way. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of my white progressive friends are like going through an existential crisis because this is forcing them to walk back a lot of the things that they thought about their country, especially after we elected Obama. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, well, that's that's it. Racism solved. And it's just like, well, <laughs> not really. So, no, I mean, I feel like it. I still stand by my work pre and post Trump.
0: Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the uh, I mean it was just on the S N L just see the S N L in the past yeah. it's a week. it's it's very much the opening skit right there laid out.
1: Yeah, I, I I've definitely felt that but and I think I'm probably the person in my family that's the most like progressive and maybe the most like hopeful. And my, my two big brothers, they were they were not shocked or appalled by any of this. You know, they were just like you need to be careful with hitching your hopes onto national politics mm. and you know, there's work we can be doing locally but you know they they kind of had a, a good laugh. You know like night, like, well, America, you did that. <laughs> and I was
0: just like, oh god. <laughs> Talking with Adia Victoria here on ninety one nine WFPK again. She's uh, in town tonight at the Clifton Center for the uh, WFPK Winter Wednesday with Brooks Ritter. Those details at wfpk dot org. Um, so thank you. You you look like you have one more thing on your mind, maybe.
1: Oh no, just thinking about a nap. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't know there was something still to say there uh, get you a nap and hopefully uh, you'll be refreshed and everything for tonight's show <laughs> we'll see you out there since we were talking about Backwards Blues though for the 30 Days 30 songs I thought we'd uh, we'd end on that one okay we'll play that one right here sure. so uh, do you? is this just going to be for this one do you see this making the next record is it going to be a holdover or just a one-off
1: I think this is just a one-off I think this is just a special moment between me and my guitar and my cell phone recorder in the middle of the night and yeah yeah, that's for this. All right. yeah, well,
0: That's where we play it out. Adia, thank you so much for dropping by today. Cheers. It's nine WFPK.
1: <laughs> Look at all the signs. Waving in the breeze, such a silly sight, I never thought I'd see, I feel it in the air, washing over me, and soon I'm off the tide, will drag us all to sea,
0: cause now we're dry.